all conversations and information exchanged during What If Nothing's Wrong podcast with Heidi Haddad, LCSW, are intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please do not confuse this with treatment, therapy, or psychotherapeutic advice or guidance. The information on these podcasts is supplemental and not meant to interfere with the therapeutic work between you and your professional therapist, counselor, or psychiatrist. Please understand that Heidi Haddad does not maintain the role of your psychotherapist, but rather offers an educated, professional perspective from that of a licensed clinical social worker. When your anxiety is crippling and you're stuck inside your head, find your joy, find your joy. When your man won't touch you, boy, you want to have a baby, find your joy, find your joy. When you're walking down the street and you get punched in the face, find your joy, find your joy. When you want to fire a bazooka at your neighbor's barking dog, find your joy, find your joy. Find your joy, find your joy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to What If Nothing's Wrong. I'm Nelsie Spencer. Hello, I'm Heidi. What's new, baby? Oh, wait. Welcome to What If Nothing's Wrong, the podcast that asks the question. What if nothing's wrong? And it's also been described on occasion as a podcast that might make you chuckle on occasion. If you're lucky. People have been known to guffaw. I'll just say that. Besides you and I? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. All right. So what's up? You tell me, you go first. Well, I think I'm going to start off right away with finding my joy, if I may. Please do. As you got, as you all know, last week I had a, a finger incident where I slammed my finger in the front door and it's now back to a pretty normal color, which is nice. I did not end up going to the emergency room, but what happened, that was Friday morning, right before we recorded. And then Saturday morning, I woke up and I had wrenched my back. I'm getting to the joy part. Trust me, stick with me. <laughs> I'm not even like listening as if you're talking to someone else. <laughs> like kind of listening like we're standing in a group. And I kind of, I don't know there are other people have your attention. So she's thinking about dinner, what I need to do. Wonder if Nelsie's going to get to what <laughs> re- actually brings her joy. <laughs> no, you weren't then focusing then enough. I'll, then I'll you, zoom back in. No, you be okay. admit you weren't focusing enough to even know that I wasn't getting to the point. No, I heard you. Your finger, your back, your... I think there was a shoulder. Is there a the shoulder back, in there? She says with this look of disdain <laughs> on her face. No, no disdain. Zero uh, yes. disdain. So backslash trapezius, which the, tra- the trapezius is the muscle between your neck and your shoulder. Okay. When the shoulder thing didn't go away because I was like, you know, you wrench your shoulder, you, you, you pull your neck, whatever. In three days, it's going to be gone. No. Monday comes, it's not gone. And it's not this thing where I turn my head and there's just a twinge. It, it's hurting so badly I can't sleep. Finally, Tuesday morning, and, and I'm, here's where the joy comes. I go. Edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> I love you and hate you so much all at the same time. I can't even tell you. Let's unpack that. Let's unpack that a little bit. Well, I love your ability to mock me is really good. So I respect that. Okay. And I hate how mean you are. I'm kidding. I'm Aww. kidding. I'm kidding. You know, I adore you. <laughs> oh my God. I love you so much. I love you so much. So I go to urgent care and I have to say that it was such a good experience. The people there were so nice. I arrive there. I realize I don't have my insurance card 
And the woman, Jane, she's like, I run the place. She comes over. She helps me. I'm at some fucking kiosk where I have to type it all in. Then I go in and the person who takes my blood pressure, she's nice. We're chatting. Then the doctor is not. Everybody was so nice. They took six x-rays of me. This whole thing, $20 copay, okay? And just for like a wrenched shoulder. Long story short, that brought me joy. The everybody at urgent, everybody at City MD on Hooper Avenue in Toms River, New Jersey, I love you. Number one. The other thing that brought me joy, steroids. They gave me steroids. I've never taken oral, I've never taken story steroids of any type that I know of. But it took the pain away. It is a miracle drug and I was very happy. So what was wrong with your shoulder? I wrenched it in some way. I mean, it's all what's speculation. The, what's the clinical term? You got a bad shoulder. <laughs> All right. Looks like so you got you a bad nothing. shoulder here. You got a bad shoulder. You wrenched it. Let's give her some steroids. No, I was in pain to the point where for two nights in a row, I couldn't sleep. Acupuncture also could have been a good thing for that. I know, but I didn't, I did not tell you the truth. I didn't have the, the courage to go and have needles stuck in me because I was in so much pain. It was, yeah. So that's my joy. That and, um, Better Call Saul, which I've been watching and I've never seen before, and uh, with Bob Odenkirk. And I'm very late to the party, but it's really good and really smart and pretty damn dark, but really funny, too. That and I have wine-colored lipstick on today that I'm enjoying. And look, it matches my, my fingernails. That is nice, actually. It's a nice change of pace. Thank you. And you're wearing gray. I mean, yeah. this is a whole new Nelson. A whole new world. And you, Heidi El Haddad, what is your joy? So you're asking how I am? Yes. This is how I am. How many times do I have to tell you I'm a vegan is the title of this. It's some sort of a reptile, right? Like a like a uh, some sort of a lizard. Maybe it's a iguana, a little like, iguana. Uh, yeah. Type and they thing. keep trying to feed it like a dead like a bug. little bug. <laughs> And he keeps pushing it away and they keep bringing it back. And then he, and <laughs> and then then he throws it. And then he throws it. <laughs> See, did that bring you joy? This brings me a lot of joy. Did they eat it at the end? I, I can't really tell if they eat it. Looks like they eat it because I think I see a little leg sticking out of the mouth. No, no, that no, one's thrown. Throws it away. Throws it away. How many times do I have to tell you I'm <laughs> vegan? I love it. An iguana tossing away a bug that is being forced upon can't you give me something plant-based? Can you give me an edamame? Come on. <laughs> that, my friend, is what I have to offer you today. You're welcome. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. So does that bring us to AMA? Yeah, let's do AMA. So last night on on Twitter, Twitter I did, Twitter. how do you handle Debbie Downers in your life? And I offered a poll oh. to avoid, join, or change their perspective. Final results? Yes. Survey says? What's your guess, actually? I think change perspective one. Do you? Why? Because I think people that are that are going to jump in on this, I think it's uh, self-selected in a way. People are like, ugh. The people that are bound to, to want to do the poll are the people that are like, yeah, I know that Debbie Downer thing, and this is how I deal with it. I try to change the perspective. Um, you would be wrong. <laughs> okay. By a lot. Oh, okay. 800 and how many votes? 
882 votes, 75%. Wow. Avoid? Correct. The least amount is join, 9%. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I can do the math. That would make it 16% change. Correct. Oh, well my done. God. Look at you. Your math is incredible. Doing math in my head. But I oh see you writing something down. God. I was writing down a voyage. I was writing down all that we found out. We'll never know. We'll never know what you really wrote. <laughs> I find it interesting that it was a void and not interesting, at the, not surprising at the same time. But then I thought, depending on how they mean it, if they're saying a void, it's self-care, self-protective versus jumping in and trying to help figure it out. So people had interesting responses in, in terms of what they commented on. It's so funny because this morning I found myself singing a song, not my job, not my job, not my job to fix it. Because I found myself being concerned about someone else's mood and someone else's point of view and do I need to come in and do something? So I started, the thing that came to my mind was not my job. And then I started singing a little song. So here we are with many people avoiding a Debbie Downer, which is tangentially the same, potentially. So what else? What else you got? Did, did you get any good comments? At girl by wrote, I try to avoid, which is easier. And if easier, if it's not family, that's really hard, especially when you're close. Honest and frank discussion helps and she's worth the energy it takes. Well, they know what they're talking about. I, I think that that honest and frank discussion, it's the same. It's the theme of what we talk about, right? Communicate, yeah. communicate, communicate. And even what we talked about last week, where say your, say your truth. And if it, it's not heard. You don't have to keep trying. I've noticed I had a friend one time. I mean, I still have that friend, but I have a friend who constantly talked about all the things. I mean, De let's back up and say this. What is Debbie Downer? Somebody was asking what what I meant by Debbie Downer. And I, I want to be clear. It's a Debbie Downer in this context, which maybe isn't the best way to describe it. It's a character on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> idea. Um, <laughs> Rachel Dratch played this character on Saturday Night Live back in the day when Jimmy Fallon was on Will Ferrell. It's, it's a, she's an old character, but she was, she really resonated. And what they would do, they'd have a sketch and they were all, I think they all had Boston accents and they would go, this is happening. And oh, how great. We're going to a party. And she go, yeah, but it's raining out and I have nothing to wear. And then she'd look into the camera and it would go, wah, wah. Oh, oh someone actually posted a little wah, clip wah. of oh, that. Of yeah, Debbie with, Downer. Right. With uh, Rachel Dretch. Yes. Yeah. That's so funny. That's and I thought, why we I didn't get it. I didn't get that at all. So that's. But Debbie Downer came around before this SNL bit. Probably. They coined that term and took it a little further. Debbie Downer also, for me, encompasses someone who isn't particularly self-reflective and isn't able to create movement in their lives. I I make the joke about my mother-in-law who I loved dearly, um, but she had a little bit of a negative point of view of things. I used to always make the joke is if we came home, we told Doug's mom that we'd won the lottery and we just made $23 million, she'd say, oh yeah, but the taxes, that would be her first <laughs> But the taxes, like she wouldn't not, there wouldn't be a moment of celebration right, right. to the downside. I, I know people like that who might say, mm, that's night. Why not 25? Why isn't it 26 or 27 million? <laughs> right. <laughs> Only 23? Oh, yeah. Mm, that's yeah. going to be. She didn't really choose the right numbers, uh, did you? Yeah. Maybe you should have. And what can you get yeah. for 23 million nowadays? Yeah. Nothing. 
so yeah, I had this friend who I remember every time she came over, complain and talk about how terrible her life was in this way or that way. And just all the misery, 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 misery in all the various ways. And I would expend all this energy and this kind of was references like the fixing thing that we were talking about last week. Yeah. And I would expend all this energy saying, why why don't you do this? Or why don't you leave your boyfriend? Or why don't you, how about this? And you know, you don't have to da, 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 da. And like, and I realized that I was working so much harder than she was. This was back in my (laughs) twenties. And she's just uh, lying down like, Oh, it's so horrible. Smoking a cigarette. Definitely. Do you know her? A hundred (laughs) percent smoking cigarettes. And just, you know, and and in her head, just like in the threat, in the, like a hamster on a wheel, just going, 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 unconscious of whatever it is I'm saying. If whatever I offer, there is an answer or yeah, 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 I should do that. I should do that. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And, you know, the next day, the whole, the same, nothing's changed. And I finally realized, one, that I was expending way more energy than her, and I stopped. And so when she came over, or when I would see her and we, she would go into how terrible her life is, I would just say, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Hmm. That sounds hard. Uh-huh. Oh, that's too bad. But it took so much of me to not go in and try to fix it or problem solve it. Or not just open I, the door and say, get out. <laughs> or not open the door and say that. But I'd have go. to busy myself. I'd actually have to oh. busy myself to... To distract yourself, to keep yourself from... Right. Thank you. Right. So right. You, so I'd be like, I got to do the dishes. Right. I'm that, doing, sounds, I'm, that sounds so hard. Doing the dishes, doing the dishes. Right. The dishes, Organizing you know? my sock drawer. Anything, anything. Like, and, I, and I would just interrupt her at times. And she wouldn't even realize anything. I, I don't, I shouldn't say she didn't realize. I don't believe she realized yeah. any of that was happening. And it was really difficult for me not to, to do what I do. And, but it was. To do what you used to do, Right. You right, but it, right back in the day. Even sometimes I ha- I do so, slow my in a personal setting, less yeah. so in professional, but in a personal setting, when I want to go to respond and say, "Well, what about or whatever I want to do?" I say, "How do you feel about it? Where are you at with that?" And try to try not to do it because it is about. And I remember all the millions of ways in which we have engaged in. I don't know, I'll speak for myself in classes or work or programs or workshops, the idea of sitting in, maybe this might've been like a Buddhist mediation workshop. I don't know, but it's about sitting, sitting (laughs) in it and letting, letting the other person's energy cycle through you. Oh, right. Right. Rather than sitting in it and being a receptacle for it, but just being almost like a pipeline. Yeah. Like let it, you know, you can take it, you can hear it, you can be empathic and just keep letting it go. Let yeah. that energy keep flowing through you so that you doesn't you don't hold it. I've also heard the expression of like put on your Teflon raincoat. Like put on that raincoat so it just it doesn't even come in. It just rolls right off you. Right. But it's not easy. It's not no, easy. It's not, you know, like yeah. I I have to create a boundary about when I have my time in the morning, which basically in the morning I'm writing gratitudes i'm doing affirmations i'm writing my wins from the day before i'm like i i'm doing a meditation and then to not have doug come in and go well the car insurance went i mean he never comes in <laughs> he never comes in the bedroom with we won the lottery or <laughs> <laughs> or they took the recyclables it's like they didn't take the recyclables or whatever <laughs> 
<laughs> it's unbelievable to me. And I'm like, I'm like in the Zen place and I'm grateful for my bed and I'm grateful for Doug and I'm grateful for, well, we got another overdraft uh, fee. I'm like, oh God. I'm grateful for Doug's ability to observe, <laughs> observe all that there is in our lives. <laughs> grateful that Doug is on top of these things. Doug's so astute. Oh, I'm so <laughs> grateful for his ability to find the the bad in everything. No, and that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair at so all. He's not listening. It doesn't matter. No, that is true. But but I don't. <laughs> I do want to represent accurately. Do um, you? <laughs> I mean, can you? That's no, what I really no, mean. No. Is it passive? So okay. So the Debbie right. Downer thing got people a little. Some people didn't know what it was about, and it turns out right. you didn't even know what it was about. <laughs> I mean, I knew what it was about for me, but I didn't know it was represented on SNL. Okay, so my good friend Tony Scruggs, the empathy guy at Compassioning, love him. Wrote, I almost clicked change perspective, but I think it may be secret option number four. Someone else had written that they would like a fourth option, other, called other. Mm, okay. So Tony Scruggs wrote, I think it may be the secret option number four. I go into empathy before honesty, honesty before philosophy, and philosophy way before hostility mode and listen for feelings and unmet needs. If communication is please or thank you, I hear hashtag the please. And then they put a little thing that says, love one another and you will be happy. It is as simple and as difficult as that by Michael Lunig. Thanks, Michael. At M-M-A-N-E-Z 89 wrote, I try to change their perspective, but either I get hated on for helping or I get ignored. I hear you, Dante. I hear you. Yeah, I realized that I I was, I found myself at a certain time in my life um, attracting people that always came to me with problems and that I would, just like you were saying about your friend from back in the day, and I would give them what I felt was good suggestions and but they would always circle back to being at the same place and then you get what i realized was that they don't want to change there's some part of them that's i'll put this word in quotes happy to be unhappy that it's almost their full-time job to be unhappy and that and somehow and and i I don't seem to attract those people anymore so that is really delightful really i'm not no, I'm not saying that with like, yeah, you do. Yeah, I just was do. like, I'm saying that's great. Good. Really? What shifted? What made it possible? I think what shifted is that I shifted, you know, I shifted. That's, you know, if I, if you shift energetically, you're going to shift who, who's attracted to you. And also if you stop hitting, you know, we've said this before, hitting the ball back over the net, like you, your friends going on and on, you're going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, doing the dishes, doing the dishes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, then they get bored with you because you, we're not giving them what they need. The ball across the net is a great way to say that. When you are, when I'm sitting in the, uh-huh, uh-huh, wow, that sounds really hard. It's, yeah, it, it's, you're not, I don't know why this is the expression, you're not juicing it. You're not yeah. fanning the flames. That's a better expression. Oh, you're not fanning the flames. You're yeah. just saying, you're letting it die out. Ugh, and it's so, it feels so much better. It's so less energy. I, f- I do that in my practice too. If I notice that someone's not in that space to hear, I ha- this is hard also in my practice when someone's in that spin and they have a story and they're not letting go of that story, no matter what, which way I approach them mm-hmm. in 
to try to help them to expand their lens to see it from a different perspective. Yeah, in a, in a different way. And it's shot down and, you know, they're, they're holding on to that, their story, and there is nothing that's going to stop them that... I say, okay, you know, wow, that must be really hard. I feel, I don't feel like a very good therapist in that way, but I do, I, when you had said um, they don't want to let go of it, the language I use is they aren't ready to let go. Right. And that they're not capable of letting go because they're not ready. And until they are ready, whatever that ready means for that individual, nothing will change. Same with if you're in, if your friend's in a relationship that you think is, you think is terrible, they're not going to get out of that relationship until they decide they're ready to get out of that relationship. Or if they're in a job they hate, they're not going to leave that job until they're ready to leave that job, until they feel that it's the right choice for them, no matter what you say. I was listening to um, last week's, which is actually, anyway, I was listening to last week's episode we were saying, how can I help you? How can I support you? What do you need from me? I mean, I feel like this is an obvious answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is that something, is that a line that you use in therapy? Do you actually ask your your patients, your clients, what do you need from me? How can I support you? Or is that is that something that you more do as with friends and family and that when you're a therapist, it's a different technique? Not to say that I would never say that to a client. I just... It, it's a different role. It's a different yeah, relationship. And it's a different, that would be a different technique. If there, yeah. if I feel, if it seems like that that would be an appropriate response, then I will obviously offer it. So what else we got? At Waterlily1735 wrote, I listen. Maybe that's all some need. I know I do at times. That's all some need. Yeah. At Raditz underscore MW wrote, if there are people I have to have relationships with, I limit my exposure. I um, had a conversation with someone recently who I love and I'm very close to. Well, I love and I am close, but not as close as I would like to be. And um, I just noticed when I got off the phone that they didn't really ask anything about me and went off on something that they're very excited about. And I did ask them and they went on and on and on and on (laughs) and on. I mean, I literally could have put the phone down and picked it up every now and again and gone, wow. You know, I could have probably done a load of laundry, picked it up again and go, oh, mm, that's fascinating. And they wouldn't have noticed. But what I realized when I got off the phone is that I had a lot of feelings and I had some sadness because I want to be closer to that person. I don't feel like we really connected. But then I was talking to another friend about it and said, you know, well, we're just not that close. And that's just what it looks like. And they said, well, you're just not that close today. And that could change. So that was really helpful too, to go, okay, so this is what it looks like now. And we have been closer at other times. And I guess the whole reason I brought it up is it has to do with when somebody's complaining and not looking for support is similar to someone going on and on and excited about something, but not really interested in a, in a, again, not interested in connection or an, or an inner, an interaction. In that moment, maybe right. it's just that moment. They need to vent. They need to do the thing. I noticed that too when I'm with people and they're, and I haven't seen them for a while, a good friend. And I for sure have done this myself, depending on the person where I need the space or they need that space, whether they're thinking it consciously or not, coming together and saying, okay, let me put this, I need to get this off. I need right. to They're downloading. With, put, it's a download. They're downloading and sharing and wanting whatever they're wanting from that. And there's not room for both of you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which doesn't mean that's always the case. I think the piece of that is that if you notice that that's consistently the case in your friendship with someone, then that's a different story. Yeah. And I, I do think things are fluid with with us and things do change, but, um, communicate, communicate, communicate. 
communication. So now that I know about this SNL bit, yeah. by the way, it changes so many <laughs> of these answers. <laughs> it doesn't change the answers. It changed my understanding of them. Okay, good. Let good, me good. rephrase that. Uh, Allison Donnelly at Formerly Fat Mom wrote, depends on the type of Debbie Downer. I find it easy to avoid the SNL types, the ones... <laughs> I think I read that the first time going, okay, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that acronym means. <laughs> no idea. I had not, I wasn't at all in TV. I had no idea. Um, the ones that greet your engagement announcement with stats about slave labor in the diamond trade. Womp, womp. <laughs> right. That went right over your head. Right over I didn't your head. acknowledge it at all. And then she wrote, then there's the perpetually ailing DD who responds to, how are you with a laundry list of woes? I'm an empath. Human suffering bums me out. So I tend to be a magnet for sad people with no boundaries. <laughs> and then she wrote, my dad was both kinds. I couldn't avoid him. So I avoided sharing my joy lest he poop on it. And I always got stoned before I called him because I was better at faking concern when I was in an altered state. Hashtag Papa was a party pooper. <laughs> Papa was a party pooper. <laughs> And then lastly, Allison wrote, I think being the child of a Debbie Downer taught me to distinguish between those who are genuinely in need of an empathetic voice and those that are just sucking the life force out of you with their negativity. So bot, that's- exit stage left. Exit stage left. I love what she said about about the people that 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 just want to suck the life out of you. We've yeah. we've all met those we, folks. We have definitely mm, met those. We've all met them. And they're hard. They are super hard and they have no idea that that's what they're doing. So let's also acknowledge that piece, which is there's a, uh, a big piece of big lack of awareness that's happening in those moments. I do really want the temptations to come out with a remake of Papa was a Rolling Stone and turn it into Papa was a party pooper. <laughs> I think you could do it. Bum, bum. No, Papa I won't say was also. a party pooper. pooper. Doesn't really where he laid his hat. There was poop. <laughs> no, doesn't work. Okay. So what else? At Snappy PDX one wrote, LOL. I call them out as Debbie Downers and we laugh it off. Oh, that's a good one. I guess it depends on who you're talking to. Right. Right. I guess actually that would be let me think about those people. And you just say you're being such a Debbie Downer. And no, I think those people who don't recognize that might laugh and then say, No, but really, this is what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but really, what about the taxes? <laughs> At Chrissy Fur 42 wrote, it really depends on what type of downer Debbie is. I have like layers of escalation to herd groups of annoying people or people who annoy me at least into clicks. But I 100% don't hold back in how I feel towards people. So most people learn not to leech energy off of me. Wow. She's got some boundaries right on. Some at Eric22817 wrote, to find Debbie Downer, maybe they need to be heard and validated. And Sophie Cartman at Real Sophie C wrote, heard perhaps. Validation should only come within. No one else's job to do that for someone. It's enough work to make yourself feel validated, let alone doing it for other people. And Eric wrote, I respectfully disagree. While you're right, it's not anyone's job to validate other people. Validation is a pretty important aspect of building and maintaining relationships with people. I agree with Eric. I got to agree with Eric. I got to agree with Eric. It's pretty cool. I really like that there's a conversation going on in your Twitter feed, Heidi. That is really, I really like that. So I wrote to Eric and I said, I define Debbie Downer as someone who, no matter the circumstances, is only willing or able to see the negative, the half empty. 
And Eric wrote, I wonder why they project a negative spin on things. Have we asked them? Is there something there that needs to be unpacked? With that said, I totally get how exhausting people like that can be. I'm just trying to find the underlying reason, I suppose. And I wrote, the reason for the focus (laughs) on the negative varies. It could be a learned behavior or growing up not feeling heard or validated, or maybe there is a chemical dependency standing in the way of their being able to reflect or a mental illness. So many possibilities. So many possibilities. And Eric wrote, well said. For me, at the end of the day, I have to ask, is it worth it? Because I will absolutely share that burden with someone if I let myself as I try to help them navigate their struggles. And it can be pretty mentally draining. But again, if they're worth it, I'm here. Oh, I like Eric. And I also really like what he said about validation, because the thing about validation is it's, it's that thing of active listening, right? Part of what active listening is validation and saying, you know, I hear that you're upset or I hear that you feel sad. Or I hear that what, what I said to you made you feel stupid. So that is validation and that is important. And taking us back to fixing things, which is something that we've discussed last week and I think this week too, is sometimes in an effort to fix someone, we're negating what they're saying. You know, I, I didn't get that job and that was really horrible. Yeah, but maybe it wasn't horrible. Maybe it was the perfect thing. And, and, and okay, I'm trying to do a different spin on it. But in doing that, I'm jumping over their feelings about it. So it's, it, it is, it's nuanced, you know. Also, you can say in that moment, wow, I'm sorry you didn't get that job. That, are you, are you, how are you feeling about it? Right. They say, I'm disappointed, I'm angry, I'm sad, blah, blah, blah. You say, oh, I'm sorry you're feeling all those feelings. May I offer you another perspective? Ooh, yeah. And they say, no. Stuck on this one right now. <laughs> well, or they okay. say, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm going to do the dishes. Okay? You just keep talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, well, I mean, it's it's no skin off yeah. of you. Yeah. So there's that. There's one more. I want there, There's more of all of this. I want to give you two more. This was a fruitful one. Coliseum Sewage at Coliseum Sewage wrote, I Muppet them. I imagine everyone who brings me down as a Muppet. They never know. But when I look at them, all I see is a felt covered Muppet. That I love so much. At Bill Palmer wrote, sing Leonard Cohen songs to them. I don't know. The only Leonard Cohen song I know is Hallelujah. That's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, you could sing that to Debbie Downer. So here's my final at Moldy underscore Crow wrote, I give them space. To be precise, I create a space for them. I listen. They get it out and they let it go. They do the work themselves. I simply give them a space to work. I sit in the darkness with them. I make that place safe too. Sometimes they just want a quiet presence. Right on, nice. sister, brother, mother, father, sister, brother, and anything in between. I don't know where you go sometimes. <laughs> well, mother, father, sister, brother was actually the name of a group, a disco group back in the 1970s, way before I was born, way before I was born. Let's do Nelsie and Heidi hop on some trending bullshit. Do you have something, Nelsie? I do. I do. Okay, so we have a woman. She's walking along. She grabs her chest. She coughs, falls to her knees, and collapses. Her little cute little dog jumps up on her, then jumps on her head. And trying to figure out what's wrong, you can see that the dog is really concerned. Nah, are you, are really? you okay? Are That's you okay? what the dog's doing? The dog <laughs> does, does not at all look concerned. <laughs> the dog 100% 
is just jumping on her head like, yay, something I could jump on. We're playing. That's what it looks like to me. Not, are you okay, mommy? Are you all right? Are you more, woo, big hairy ball I can jump on? <laughs> well, it's trending on, it's trending. It's all about on, interpretation. On TikTok. I thought the dog was definitely concerned looking around for how I can get help. So I tried it. I did that. And I oh walked, God. I went into the living room. I made sure that Callie did saw me. Did you video me. this? No. But I. What? I can't believe I you clutched, didn't record this. I clutched, my, I clutched my chest <gasps> and coughed and collapsed. And I made sure that she was looking, not looking out the window. And I'm lying there. Nothing. I wait. Nothing. I start to laugh. Nothing. I look up. She's looking She's down left. at me. Then she looks out at the window. <laughs> she did not. And then I'm like, help, help, Kelly, help. Nothing. Again, Just so you know. She's no I lassie. I want to acknowledge that this is what you're doing. I was saying to someone the other day, sometimes I wonder, what is Nelsie doing? <laughs> <laughs> when I, that took when all I, of 30 seconds. <laughs> when I'm trying to reach out to Nelsie and can't get a hold of her, or we need something for the podcast and I can't get a hold of her. This was for the podcast. This was for the podcast. Do you want to talk about this war that's being waged right now? Yeah, I think we sh- I think we should. Heidi and I were talking before the podcast. We don't really get political on this podcast. And we're not getting political now, but we are, we do want to address the fact that some pretty heavy stuff is going down on the global uh, stage regarding the Ukraine and Russia and Putin saying this and everybody's chiming in. And I said to Heidi, what do you think? Do we need to talk about helping people to manage their feelings around this? And so what do you think, Heidi, when, when it seems when all around you is all this talk on every station about catastrophic things happening, war, we're talking war and people um, talking about nuclear weapons. How do you, how do you help them? Um, how can we help people in this situation? Let's do just a couple of a, like a short list of how to help yourself. Okay. In a situation like this, because I like it. Like we're like like you said, we're not getting political. We're just going to how can you help yourself? One, if you notice that you are constantly on social media or watching the news, stop and minimize. Just decrease the amount. Um, we're not saying don't don't be informed. Right. Don't not be informed. Just be informed a lot less. You don't need to be glued to the TV to see every moment because you get the gist. And you could check in maybe twice a day tops in the morning, in the night or something like that, just to give you a heads up about what's going on. Yeah, because I think it's really easy to spend all your time on social media, reading threads, even responding back and forth, getting into discussions. And given that we can actually, we're seeing live what is going on, that that bombs are being hit, that people are running for their lives, that it's not just a photo like we used to have back in the day. Now it's you from the perspective of the military 
you right, see what's right. going on, and not yeah. just a bystander yeah. even, which is kind of insane 2022 is. that this is what's happening. And we don't need that to have those visual images being, being, we don't need to be bombarded with that. It doesn't, it doesn't get us anywhere. And it's absolutely going to increase anxiety and fear and, and not to say again, to not, not be informed, but just how do you manage how you're seeing and what, how you're involving yourself in that too, when you're not on social media and all of that, figuring out how to take care of yourself, whether it's exercising and yoga or meditation, journaling, gratitude, all the things that we've talked about, dancing writing around your kitchen, dancing around your kitchen, cooking, doing something that makes you feel good and safe and doing what you need to do, go to a movie, you yeah. know, hang out, have sex, whatever it is that you need to do. If you're you not here first, if you're sex. not the one that's actually, if you're not in the Ukraine and you're not in Russia and you're not in that thing, three, this is not in any order is, is there something you can do? Is there a way to donate? Is there, are there needs to be met? Are there ways that you can meet needs, the needs of people in Ukraine? And, or in Russia for that matter, is there yeah. anything that you can do? And there are places that you, there are things, go, go online and look. And I, I know that there are, people are collecting donations of clothing and supplies and things that families need. And there are support networks. And, and one of the things that we have to remind ourselves is that I think that we, sometimes we have this idea that worrying about it is doing something about it. And that, well, when this is happening over in Ukraine, I can't possibly, you know, make a scone or, or have sex or dance around my living room. And in, when in fact, that worrying about it doesn't change it. You know, I used, I often say to people, to that, yeah. if, if worrying about it w will, will help, I'll help you worry. It doesn't. So, and I love the suggestion of find out if there's some relief organization where you can send 20 bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever, or five bucks, whatever you can afford, because it's those relief organizations are always happening. And that is the kind of thing you can easily discover. Also, so just throwing some out, some things out there, UNICEF, um, Doctors Without Borders, Voices of Children, there these some Sunflower of Peace, International Committee of the Red Cross, Save the Children, UN Refugee Agency, CARE, International Medical Corps, all of these are... And you Googled what to get that list, Heidi? It was just right here. No, I'm just kidding. It was <laughs> how to help Ukraine. Excellent. Not Nothing deep, nothing complicated. Excellent. Yeah. So if you just, or to be informed and understand what's going on as best we can without, you know, getting in the head of Putin. You know, when you were talking about the images, I, when I, I'm old enough that I was around when the Vietnam War was happening. And that was, that was the first time that the war came into our living rooms, the war, Vietnam, you know, you'd have Tom Brokaw talking into the camera and behind him were people, actually people fighting. And that was in the 1960s, but that was one hour a night. Six o'clock, that's when the news came on. And then it came on again at 11. We're in this world now where 24-7 news. You're flooded. You can, yeah, flooded. flooded right. And there's no it's need for that. Right. There's no need for that. It doesn't get you anywhere. So minimal self-care is turning it off. Absolutely. Is not in not inundating and overwhelming and flooding your senses with everything. And that's not a way of helping either that you're yeah. standing with people over there while they're experiencing PTSD or going to have PTSD from this experience. And they're, 
you know, being traumatized by this, there are ways that you can be productively helpful without joining them. Speaking of all the ways in Debbie Downer, not to say this is Debbie Downer, but just joining with them versus avoiding versus how can you offer support and listen and be there. And maybe it is on social media offering some words of encouragement. Yeah. Whatever. There's so many different ways in which you can go about supporting you figure out what works for you. There's no wrong way. Yeah. And if you do nothing except send love, that's brilliant. Yeah. Do what La- you can do without judging yourself for it. Last night, um, I taught a class. I teach a writing class on Thursday nights. And two of my clients came in and my students came in and they, you know, were, it, were fresh from reading stuff or looking at stuff or watching stuff. And so suddenly we were talking about this situation, the the very volatile situation that's going on. And I could have joined in, but I really quickly redirected and said, let's go ahead and have a writing class, guys. You know, life can still go on. We can still go on and and we are humans and we get to create, you know, so let's go ahead and do that. So don't forget that real life can still go on and we can actually find your joy. I love, I just, I want to actually... Uh, emphasize the being creative because when you're being in a place of gratitude, for example, or doing a gratitude journal is love wonderful. And if you are feeling stressed out or overwhelmed or anxious or anything that you're feeling, creating something, whether it's music or a song or a poem or writing a whole story or sewing, painting, a la 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 la, whatever is a creative outlet for you where you actually have to use your brain to be creative versus not that you don't use your brain to write gratitude, but it can be almost mindless in its, you know, thank you for the light. Thank you for my body. Thank you for those things versus thank you for my body. Do I want to say body or do I want to use purple in that flower? And you Mm -hmm. have, there's an externalization of in within your creativity that is even more, I think, a creation of healing. Creativity, the way humans create, we are the only species on the planet that that can write, that can write plays, that can do a play, that can paint. Although I did see those India, those, those, have you seen those elephants in India that can paint? They put, oh, YouTube it, you guys, it's fascinating. So turn <laughs> off CNN, go to YouTube and type in painting elephants and you will see these elephants that can paint. It's amazing. But yes, be creative bring something to the world, discover something in yourself that you didn't know was there. I think we did it. Yeah. All right, guys. I don't feel like we can end with what if nothing's wrong, given the state of affairs that are happening right now. But outside of that terrible situation. What if nothing's wrong? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to stick with that. It's a hard one. It's a really hard one. It's a hard one. What if nothing's wrong with turning off the TV for a while and looking away? What if nothing's wrong with that? What if nothing's wrong with experiencing joy even while bad things are happening, horrible things are happening elsewhere? What if nothing's wrong with self-care, taking care of yourself given that something terrible is happening somewhere else? Exactly. All right. Well done. Nice reframe, friend. You too, (laughs) my little petunia. All right. On that, we say adieu. Adios. When you're on to talk of father doesn't recognize you Find your joy When you're spooning with a stranger and they won't let you kiss them 
find your joy. When your house reeks of weed and your kids hallucinating, find your joy. Find your joy. When you're sick of dick and scampy, when your dog likes chippy, find your joy.